It does not matter how slowly you go, as long as you do not stop. Confucius. Recruitmentary. Empowering your employment. Featuring our guest, Brian Robinson. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? Uh, I'm doing all right, man. For uh, the listeners who aren't uh, super familiar with your entire body of work, why don't you uh, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. So I am a talent acquisition professional, more commonly known as a recruiter. Throughout my career, um, I've been in talent acquisition now for about the last eight years, and I kind of just started out in you know entry level recruiting jobs, helping candidates find um, their next career opportunities, and have progressed into more of a strategic leader within the the businesses I work for, where I'm working with hiring managers and business leaders to identify the talent that they need, and then put plans and processes in place to attract the right folks, get them in the door, and then retain them for the length of their career. So working across the full spectrum of talent acquisition. That's awesome. Now, is that something that you really focused on doing initially when you started out or did you sort of bounce around industries? Yeah. So I, I'd never pictured myself as a recruiter, man. I actually began my career right out of, out of college as a, um, an outside sales professional. And about three years in, I really realized that I, um, I love the hunt and the chase and the dynamic nature of sales. But rather than dealing with products and services, I was more akin to working with people and managing opportunities and careers. And it just kind of led my, you know, led me to that perfect intersection of recruiting and talent acquisition. That's cool. You know, and that's, I, I feel like I should have been doing recruiting myself because there's so much flexibility when you're actually dealing with people. I'm sure there's a lot more headaches to it as opposed to a product or service. Is there something that really stands out to you about recruiting that's you feel like the most passionate about? What's the reason why you're doing this every day? Absolutely. There's one specific thing. And I think most good folks that do what I do will tell you the same thing. It's it's the opportunity to extend a job offer to somebody. When you work with somebody who pours their 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 sweat and tears into chasing down an opportunity and interviewing maybe up to three, four times, flying all across the country. Once you finally get to that finish line and they get the job offer and they accept and you've made everybody happy, it's a win, win, win. Those are the the moments that I get out of bed for. It's the same way when I'm working with a client. I was actually just, I had a phone call with somebody today and they were, they're actually rebranding their business and it's a smaller company. It's a, a local to the area. The guy was really looking for a very specific need. And after talking to him, you just realize that there's so much more going on and to have that rapport with somebody to understand, Hey, you know what? I've been there. I've worked and helped and been successful with people like you and just to feel them kind of be like, wow, this is, this is going to be okay. I can only imagine that's like the same thing with a successful, you know, hire candidate for you. Absolutely. And you know what you're talking about, man, putting that human touch back in everything that we do. We live in the golden age of technology where it seems like some sort of bot or app can do just about everything we do. But the nuance lies in how humans work together and how we treat people. So whether it be, you know, marketing strategically like you're doing or recruiting and, um, you know, finding jobs for folks, it really comes down to how you interact with the people that you're working with and the value you're able to provide to people through that human approach. I mean, that's kind of my whole approach to, to how I do things. Yeah. And, and the value is a really good point that you hit on, too, because, again, all this algorithms and automated processes is great. The ATS systems cannot identify value. They can't see long-term foresight. It's just, it's, it's, it's a human thing. And again, when you have a chance to actually sit down and, and talk to people, if you read a resume, you're not going to see that. You know, you're, it has to jump out at you or you got to know that person and say, you know what, this is interesting. This reminds me of me or this reminds me of a situation or you know what, I see something in here. 
of this individual, of this candidate, that this this could really be something, you know, and let's let's give him a shot. Yes, that's exactly right. You reminded me of, uh, you know, a situation earlier today, actually. I was looking at a resume, and I had seen a post on LinkedIn this morning talking about people that have um, gaps in their resume. You know, hey, maybe I was out of work for a year or two for various reasons, and the post was saying, don't just assume that people's gaps are negative. Give them a shot, ask questions, connect with them, network with them, and and find out how you can be of service to, the, to them. And I had that exact situation today. A young lady had a, a three-year gap in her resume. Turns out she was, um, you know, in the military, came home, and then started, was, was fighting cancer for a year and a half. And at first glance on her resume, man, you don't know that, but you give a phone call, you chat a little bit, and this lady had picked up so many transferable skills from her time in the military, but more importantly from that, fight for her life over the past 18 months that she was able to bring to companies. Um, and so it was a, you know, it was a pleasure to speak to her. And then we spent time figuring out how does she make those skills marketable so that, you know, a future employer would be willing to give her a shot. So that speaks to exactly what you're talking about, man, is, is being pro-human and spending time um, engaging with people. It really is, you know, and with that actually leads me into one of my other questions. What is essentially the best or even worst advice you've heard or have gotten uh, while you were yourself looking for your next opportunity? Sure. So uh, I think the worst advice I've, I actually, again, was talking to someone on LinkedIn about this today. The worst advice I've ever heard is this old adage that good things come to those who wait. Um, Honestly. (laughs) I don't even know who came up with that, man, but it just, it's so um, counterintuitive to everything that today's world requires, right? I mean, good things come to people that hustle um, and that people that put themselves out there and take chances and are proactive and motivated and um, engage with other humans and work together and collaborate, right? Waiting, I've never seen anybody just sit around and wait and have something land in their lap. So um, to me, that was the worst advice in it. It, it kind of makes people more passive as they go about their job search or whatever it is, expecting good things to come to them. Um, so that's some advice that I always steer people away from. Um, as far as the best advice that I've been given, it's, again, something you probably heard as a kid. It's not what you know, but who you know. And I think what you know is certainly important. But in today's day and age, the ATS algorithms, like you mentioned, and computers doing all the, a lot of work for people in the job search business, being able to reach out and network, have a conversation and articulate your skill set and value is, is um, a dying kind of practice, but it, it makes all the difference in um, a candidate kind of setting themselves apart as, as that top talent. It really is. I think the only person who's made money out of waiting is the guy selling the tickets at the counter wait, that you just pull at the dispenser. <laughs> That's That's the only thing I can think of because I mean, there are certain times where you have to, and and this was something I was speaking about with somebody the other day as well, as far as for investing in engagement, you know, there, there is a time for doing that. There's, there, there's a process. There's a, a, you know, there's layers and methodologies to employ while doing that, but there's never really a time of doing nothing. Even idle has its methodologies while you're in the process of doing something. I mean, you can't be 200% all the time. You're going to burn out, but there are, there's times to do sprints. You know, I used to, a couple of my buddies from way back in the days of uh, high school and college, they were cross country runners. You can't get those relay guys to do cross country. They, you know, drop dead. It's just not happening, right. but it's, it's the same thing. And it's just, I've, I don't know when it's a good time to not do anything. I mean, it, it happens all the time. You reach out and you say, you know what, here's my situation. If I don't do it, I'm always going to regret never trying. And I'm always going to think about the what ifs. 
And if I try and I fail, at least I learned something. I know I tried and I can try it again because I tried it that way and it didn't work. We can try it this way this time. Absolutely, man. And, you know, listening to you say that, it, it kind of brings up the point. So for me, talent acquisition, finding jobs is kind of my, my lane. And I oftentimes um, deal with candidates who I ask them, so what have you been doing to prepare for this job? Well, you know, I just found out about the job today, so I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And my mindset is always, man, you should have been doing X, Y, and Z in preparation for this, however many days, weeks, or months ago. Don't wait for something to be right in front of your face to chase it down. Get your ducks in a row and do everything you can so when that when that chance does come in front of you, you're ready to go. I was raised off of a saying that I love and I want to share with you, man, is People oftentimes think about luck being what it takes to get a job. Well, luck wasn't on your side today. And I was always taught that luck is just the intersection of preparation and opportunity, right? So when that opportunity comes around, what have you been doing to prepare for it? And the people that seize those opportunities, they didn't just wake up the day that it was there and start preparing for it. They've been prepared days, weeks, months in advance. And so um, that's something I would impart on anybody looking for a job is get out there and get your credentials in order. Go back to school if you need to. Spend time shadowing or whatever it is. But make sure when that opportunity comes, you know you've done everything to be prepared for it. In your experience, though, with so much focus on prep, I mean, there's going to be a lot of times where even you yourself or candidates have the answer being, you know, no, or the regret they inform you letters or even essentially having to break bad news to the talent. But what have you done personally to keep your head in the game and focus under these conditions? Or what have you passed on to, you know, the same type of talent to, you know, keep them, keep them going well once they're under your yeah. wing? So that's a great question. And, and it's, it's so true because a lot of the things we do have an emotional element to them and no one likes to be told no, right? It plays with our psyche. Fortunately for me and what I try to share with other, other people I work with, you know, I, I keep a sales mentality at all times, which is you actually embrace the no's because if you do the math, you know, and anything worth working for, you're going to come up against some setback. And so essentially you need to get through X amount of no's until you get to a yes, Right. And so when someone tells you no, just reposition that and don't even hear the word word no, just hear not right now or not yet or, you know, this isn't the right opportunity. Um, but all it really is, is getting that out of the way figure out what you can learn from the situation, right? In some small cases, there's not a lot of takeaways. Maybe it just wasn't a good fit. And you brush that one off and say, I'm going to double down and get back after it tomorrow or whatever it is. Or there could be some key takeaways. Maybe you don't do so great in a phone interview. Well, you need to study those mistakes so that, again, preparation, when the next opportunity comes around and the timing is right, you're, you're locked and loaded. So um, I think it's embracing everything as an opportunity. And even the setbacks have some wins attached to them as long as you're able to stay diligent and work through the struggle. Well, I agree. I cannot tell you where I've been prepared for an interview. I'm ready to talk to the owner, the hiring manager, and then you get in there and you realize that the chemistry is just not there. You realize there's a disconnect with the company. The owner doesn't seem like he's been in the office for a while or for long. And it's just so awkward where you realize they didn't, they, they probably forgot that they're interviewing you and you're just like, why am I here? Right. You know, so in that instance, it's, it's better to just say, Hey, listen, it's been nice meeting you guys. Uh, excuse me. You know, because you, you, you can, you can tell that it's not really going to be a good fit and you don't want to no harm, no foul. You're still being geez, man. If you, if you didn't want to do it, just tell me, I mean, I did take my time. I prepped, it came all the way here and it's kind of like, Oh yeah, you, you're here. Um, what do we do now? 
that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> it, it, honestly, man, it is. But we, I mean, we all hear the horror stories and it's real. Um, at the end of the day, these hiring managers and recruiters and anybody doing interviews are people and um, we have our flaws. As the candidate, you know, it's imperative that whatever you run up against, and this is for all different people, not just job seekers, but whether you're in sales, maybe it's a marketing opportunity, whatever it is you're chasing down. If the person on the other end is not receptive or not willing, open, or even prepared, you know, you can't let that get you off your game because if you sink to their level as a job seeker well now you have no chance of working at that company because you're going to get written off or if you're a salesperson and you get flustered because your prospect isn't ready for your meeting well guess what the chances of making that sale just pretty much went down right so it just becomes about the person taking control of their own situation I mean, that's kind of sort of the underlying theme of what we're talking about here and i think the mentality you keep you know how diligent you stay in in your pursuit of what you want really sets apart the good from the great, in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Not every expectation that you set out there, people are going to honor that. And not every relationship is going to be a good one. I mean, you have companies that you think, I mean, I've worked in companies recently where I'm like, oh wow, this is great. They have these huge contracts are making 10, $20 million per contract. This is great. And then you realize you get in there and how they treat people and how the office work culture is and how their infrastructure is garbage. And you go, wow. This is not what I thought it was. I, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm having second thoughts. You know, it's the work is there. You love the work. I mean, again, for what I do, I've jumped across different industries as well. Marketing, design, logistics, you name it. But it doesn't change the fact that if you don't love what you're doing and you don't feel the value being there, it's just not a good fit, you know? Right. That's right. You know what, Michael? I'm listening to that. I actually could tell you a story about, if, if you don't mind, about an experience I had that plays right into that and kind of my takeaways. Not too long ago, unfortunately, about seven months ago, I was actually laid off from a job, really good job. And the position I took after that had all the promise in the world to be just as good. I mean, the, the CEO was bought into what we were doing. We we're going to grow the workforce. And my role was going to play a strategic element in helping to backfill some of these jobs that we needed to fill. It was a really good deal. And I walked in on day one and it was evident right away that they were lying to me in the interview process. Nothing was going to be what I was actually told it was going to be. Oh, man. You know, you, I'm sure you've heard those stories before, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a few of them myself. You know, I could have just turned around and said, this isn't what you guys kind of, what you promised me and walked out. But I had a family to feed and I had some things that I was obligated to do and take care of. So again, figuring out your next move while still in the situation, you know, they didn't let me go right there on the spot. So I was still doing work, bringing home a paycheck. All the while I'm hitting network events in the evening. I'm reaching out on LinkedIn and trying to provide value in posts and articles drumming up a network so that I can chase down my next opportunity. And sure as you'd have it right around the time they said, all right, look, look, guy, you know, we don't have room for you on the head on the head count. I had networked my way into a new opportunity and was able to move into a new role. So it goes back to what we're talking about is taking control of your situation and remaining true to yourself, right? Not letting other people's either negative energy, lack of preparation or whatever get you off your game. Fortunately, I was able to, to have some success in that. So I just like to share those stories. So anyone else listening to your podcast, you know, can kind of take that same mentality of how can I take control and ownership over my own situation? And what do I need to do to get where I want to go? Absolutely. No, I appreciate the takeaway. And, and that's like we were talking about before about the, the gaps of employment. You know, sometimes you just have to own the gap. I mean, it's really just a confidence thing where if you know that it wasn't anything negative, 
Maybe it was. Maybe it was. There, people get fired as well. I've actually seen, I, ironically enough, I have now a lot of uh, people inquiring about different aspects of phone calls and interviews and things like that. And, and you get a lot of feedback about, you know, hey, I took time off to uh, move. I took time off to take this class. I was doing an online course. I was being a mom. I was being a dad. I was through a divorce. Maybe don't say that specifically, but, you know, just right. say that you were reorganizing. You know, you took some, some personal time. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think... It also validates your the humane side of things. You know, we're not robots. We need some off time. Hey, I was working 60, 65, 70 hours a week. And you know what? It just came to a point where I needed a, you know, I needed a break. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but just own up to it. And hopefully if you can, if there is something critical from there that you can, that you can pull from there that you did learn, that you did do, Hey, I worked on my website. Hey, I worked on, you know, my portfolio. Hey, I started doing uh, an art class, whatever. Right. No, that's it. And I, yeah, I'll t- I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I've had people come in to interview, speaking to people on the phone and they'll tell you about a negative. Like you said, people get fired or some other things might've happened. The most impactful interviews are always the people that can quickly spin to, and here's what I did about it. Yeah, I'd love someone that can tell you I stubbed my toe and then I went out and here's how I improved in that specific area to make sure I don't make that same mistake again. I mean, if you can articulate that in pretty much anywhere in society, you're going to get a second chance because we live in a world of second chances. And that spin that you're talking about, it's really, I mean, spin is like the marketing and sales lingo. It's like, I'm closing the sale, you know, but, but you know, in, in all honesty and, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, poking at you a little bit. But the thing is, is that again, we all are going to have imperfect records. And if it can come to a point where we can just, again, relay that information of what we learned, Hey, you know what? I was working too hard. I had tunnel vision. I, I was missing deadlines. I got fired. All right. Well, you're honest. What did you learn for that? Hey, you know what? From now on, I'm going to be a lot more you know, resourceful. I'm going to, I, I've done X, Y, and Z. Perfect. Because again, it's going to happen. I mean, it happens to everybody. It just happened to you. As long as it's nothing where you have to cover up a dead body or something, then, then it's forgivable. But that, eh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where we draw the line. <laughs> yeah. You are going to have a lot of people who don't have a lot of experience to speak from, or, or they're just starting out. And that has actually been an interesting little following that has, you know, started with the podcast and a lot of questions. I don't know how much experience you have with this, but I would love your insight with international students or, or students in general who are just starting their work resume or you know, maybe they're having a hard time being placed due to lack of experience or excessive gaps. You know, what words of wisdom would you share with those having those hard times or, or just starting out? So I think there's a couple things that are probably pretty key there in, in all of those um, areas. And I have worked with international students. I work with college students a lot. So folks that either have different experience or, or, or are still building their experience. And I always tell those people, you got to do your research. So kind of like we talked about, um, doing nothing doesn't work. You got to get out there and really understand the different organizations you're trying to trying to break into. Because some companies like government um, agencies or contractors may not be not be able to actually work with international students until they reach a certain, you know, sponsorship status or whatever it may be. So just doing your homework on the front end will will weed out, you know, anything that's just going to be a no go right out the gate. Um, So I always encourage people to know as much as you can about the industries and organizations you're trying to penetrate. And then it requires a little bit more effort to sit down and map out your skills. And I usually do this on a piece of paper. A lot of people make pros and cons lists. I try to make a pros and pros list. And what that means is write down all the things that the company is looking for. 
and then just map out the things that you've done that relate to those in any way. It might be a little harder to do because they might not be totally linear, but I'll give you an example. I was working with a a young lady who was interviewing for a bank teller job where she was going to be responsible for managing money and finances and all that. She had the degrees, all that, didn't have a lot of experience. And she was able to go into an interview and talk about her babysitting experience, how she had taken care of families, children. And I mean, what more important, you know, responsibility is there out there in the world than taking care of someone's child? How she was able to do that and the trust that she was able to build. She had some recommendations from the different families she worked for. And the bank manager's like, well, man, if you could take care of somebody's 18 month old, I'm sure you can manage a couple thousand dollars here at the end of the day, right? Just understanding how your skill set can be transferable. And I would say if people are really struggling in that in that space, because that's a little bit of an art, it doesn't hurt to seek some help. Reach out to your network or or enlist the help of a professional because there's people out there, myself included, that can help you think through how your skill set is transferable in the other industry. Um, those are two things I would definitely encourage folks to do. I like that. I like that. And again, it is good. And I've seen a lot of people for whatever reason be like, I don't need a career coach. I know what I'm good at. I'm like, there has never been a time in your life ever <laughs> that you do not need a fresh set of eyes on a perspective. Right. It, it will never happen. It is always good to have some other voice just to throw it out there because even if it's wrong, at least you can go, no, this is what I should be focusing in on. But if you didn't have that, no, you wouldn't be able to focus in on that other, uh, that other thing, that other direction that you're going in now. That's the whole point. So true, man. So true. And I think some of it in, in some instances, maybe even is an ego or pride thing, but look, like, I, like I said, eight years in talent acquisition, I read thousands of resumes and do all that. When I was searching for jobs, I was reaching out to my networks, to professionals to help me refine my LinkedIn profile or find my resume. Cause like you said, a fresh set of eyes can just never hurt man. Well, you know, you know, what does hurt that eviction letter or that hungry stomach or that electric bill <laughs> that goes off. That hurts. So I'm, I am not above reaching out to people if they think that a different or better direction, again, an extra set of eyes on the project, you know, can be helpful. It's always good to have. You know, you shared with us, obviously, a, a bit of a horror story. Usually when we wrap up, we do a little bit of a horror story and then a success story. So why don't we end on a good note with a, an awesome placement story, either recently with you, with a, with a candidate that you had or, or something of that nature? Yeah, so I'll give you this just because it's fresh in my mind. It is about me. Um, I have a bunch of stories with other candidates, but this one kind of resonates. So I was telling you how I was out of um, out of work several months ago and then took a job that ended up just not really being a great fit. And one of the things that I was diligent about in that situation was not allowing the negativity from that job to seep into other areas of my life. That really kind of aided me and assisted me in staying motivated, right? Because if you get down... When you're at work, then you come home and you put that onto your family or whatever it is that you do outside of work, and it starts to drag everything else down. And before you know it, it's that spiral to the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And so my thing was to never allow that to happen. And so what I did is I, I put myself in professional situations, networking events. I joined a couple professional organizations with where I was around my peers all the time. And then I, I, I opened myself up and let everybody know where I was coming from. I think a lot of times I've seen people go through struggle, man, I'm out of work, but I don't want anyone to know. And I totally understand that. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, um, it's, it's not a positive feeling. But going through the exercise of being vulnerable and putting yourself out there really, really will show you how great of a network you have, right? I don't know anybody individually listening to this, but I do know that um, folks work hard to build professional relationships, personal relationships, 
count on those people when you need them the most. And do not be afraid to put yourself out there and, and be a little vulnerable, but do the work. Go to the networking events. Spend time on LinkedIn. Contact your past peers or um, you know people you might have gone to school with or whoever it is and just kind of let them know where you're at and, and be willing to meet them halfway. If they say, well, I've got an opportunity for you, but it might require you to relocate or to drive a little for a commute or to take an extra class to learn something new. Just think through the things you're able to do to make yourself more marketable and to uh, attract different opportunities. So that's kind of what I did. And through the networking that I was able to do, contacted a young lady who turned out to be just a phenomenal recruiter, got me in touch with her boss, who is now my boss. And she is now my peer because I was able to land a job with you know a great company and get my career back on track. So if I can do it, little old me, anybody can do it. And that is my advice. Be vulnerable, but definitely utilize your resources and don't be afraid to put in the work. I like that. That's awesome. And you know what it is? It's also the investment. I like to hear how people don't have the time. They don't have the money. It's an investment for your future. You know, if you need to take a hundred bucks to do this, or you need to network, just do what you got to do to do that because you're going to need it either way. When you have a job, you're still going to network. You're still going to need those people. You're still going to have to be around, have it be a little bit more consistent. You're out of work just make the time. You know, if you have a lot more time then make it happen because it's really for your future. That's exactly right. People often say they don't have enough time, but everybody has time for their number one priority. So people don't have timing issues. They have priority issues. There you go. I, I agree. Well, Brian, I appreciate it. You can find Brian on LinkedIn. He's a great guy to know and connect with if you haven't already. You know, as you can hear at the podcast, really appreciate your time of being a guest on the podcast, Brian. Thanks again, man. Happy to do it anytime. All right. Have your own recruiter or candidate story that you'd like to share with us? If you're listening on YouTube, comment below. Otherwise, feel free to email your experience to ask at recruitmentry.com. You can find our full conversation of this episode on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash recruitmentry. Thanks for checking out this episode and feel free to like, subscribe and share the content. A Mike Tech Studios production.